Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Life coach and speaker Luke Askew talks with Rachel about living a purpose-driven life and what the world needs from the church. It's Rachel here from Theophany Media, and I'm interviewing Luke Askew today, who's a live speaker and provides purpose-driven life coaching. So, hello, Luke. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for having me on. No problems. Oh, it's great to speak to a fellow Englishman and also a Northerner as well. Indeed, yes. Indeed. Yeah, that's amazing for me because I live down south. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, Northerners are a different breed I yeah. feel but I probably offend a lot of people if I go into details why so it's true, it's true though it's true <laughs> we say what we see don't we yeah. <laughs> so let's say that's the biggest difference so it's really amazing to speak to you today Luke and I understand that you are a life speaker and you do purpose-driven life coaching which you've designed all yourself um, you consider yourself an entrepreneur, from what I understand. Um, yeah, and I just would be love. I'd just love to find out more about that. So, tell me a bit about how you became an entrepreneur and how that, how your faith has sort of influenced that. Okay, so it's twofold, really. So, in terms of my career, I started in the education system. Mm-hmm. So, from a young age, I had a passion to change the education system that was my big desire um the reason being is because i didn't believe that it was set up in a way for people to be creative in one sense and what i mean by creative is basically be themselves express themselves and be able to learn how to think independently Mm -hmm. and to learn for the purpose of creation Mm -hmm. and rather than for the purpose of passing the test so I I kind of was very, very passionate about education. I started doing that as a PE teacher, mm-hmm. um, coaching young kids in primary schools um, from the age of three to 10, 11. Um, mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved it, fell in love with it, fell in love with the aspect of coaching, helping people achieve things, helping people go from A to B. And then that led me to a lot of people start to talk to me saying that I could communicate well and that should be a speaker and I should speak in schools and and bring these antidotes and this perspective into schools. So that's exactly kind of what I did. So I started uh, my first organization called the Believe and Succeed Academy at the time, um, which was about basically inspiring, educating and empowering the next generation to thrive. Mm. And I would travel up and down the UK, speaking in primary schools, high schools and colleges, working with teachers, head teachers, governors, um, sometimes local MPs. And basically with this message that I believe that we need to start doing things slightly different and we need to start to empower to empower our young people um, and empower them as individuals and to bring the best out of them. But at the time, I wasn't a Christian. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So, wow. um, and that's one of my massive beliefs. You don't need to be a Christian to be a good person. Um, so I believe 100%. that. 
I believe that um, it's my personal belief that I believe that God has always always been with me. I just didn't know who He was. Yeah. So my journey into faith was just after dealing with a few things with my own mental health, yeah. struggling with depression, um, after living a life that wasn't fully aligned with what I believe purpose is, yeah. um, I struggled to carry that weight myself, and eventually yeah. I had to surrender that and. I got introduced to Jesus and he was the mediator between me and God to, to know God personally. So that's where my faith came, come, comes into it. Yeah. And then, and then it basically, I just started to repurpose my whole life in a different way and have that perspective from a faith point of view and my purpose mm-hmm. from that point of view. But to be fair, the mission and the drive and, and the desire has always been the same. It's just mm-hmm. my faith kind of proved why it's so important and that gave me a different perspective in terms of well yeah that makes sense god makes everyone in in his image but as individuals and he has a plan for everybody so it kind of just added meat to the bones in one sense wow that's incredible so you had this so you talked about your mental health yeah um, as being a pivotal point in your life in terms of finding god and then it's almost like an awakening i guess yeah and yeah. they often say breaking down is waking up and you know yeah yeah no I've really struggled with my mental health and that's what's motivates me to do what I do so you talk about how you had these opportunities so I'm guessing hearing your story and having worked in education doing similar things myself it is actually really difficult to have these opportunities so you've done really well to have access to these people to speak so how did you do that, Luke? God. God. Um, um, and I will no, I will just say that because mm. I remember when I remember I got and this is quite a funny story actually. I'll make it short. But I got rang up by a organization yeah. that were putting on this massive event for head teachers and governors. Mm. And it was to basically offer a training day in one sense for yeah. educate for educators so there was loads of different people there different experts yeah. and they rang me and said um hey luke and how old was i at the time so i'm 26 now i was probably about 23 so i was young yeah and they rang me and said hey luke and um, we've heard heard your name we've we've heard good reports of what you're doing in in the education space we'd love for you to do um a workshop at this event um, and be the kind of leading expert in pshe within schools oh yeah and i said great fantastic sounds good and then after i hung up and then googled had to google what pshe was (laughs) Uh, because I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. But what I did know is that they saw something within me that they thought was of value mm-hmm. um, that they needed to bring into the the the, uh, the education kind That's of really um, today. So yeah. I was sat there on a panel with um, all these people that were much older than me and had degrees and had all this. And I was a kid that had no educational background and basically just had God's favor in his life. And that's been my life story all the way through. I've just got 
God's favor. And when you have God's favor, you get put into rooms that you could never imagine being in. Yeah, it reminds me of Joseph, doesn't he? He had all this favor through adverse mm-hmm. circumstances, obviously. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the story that God always led me to. Yeah. Um, as a personal kind of story in terms of what he would do in my life, that he would give me favor yeah. in places wherever I go. Yeah. Yeah, that's been much our story as well, especially with my husband. He had a similar background and, you know, he didn't do well in his A-levels. He struggled with his professional exams and now he's a partner in one of the largest companies in the world. So, you know, he's definitely got God's favour on him. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he's actually really good at what he does as well. So it's not all God, you know. He does partner with us, doesn't he? Yeah, for sure. What we do, otherwise it's not going to work. So that's really interesting. I did have a really good question, but it's just disappeared out of my mind. Um, So do you think your age is something that appealed to these companies then? Because like you say, you are very young. Yeah. Do you think there's something out there where people need different voices now? Because it's almost like I sense the world's going a bit stagnant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. With this education system, we're in a mental health crisis, especially with young people today. I mean, we know that, um, you know, you know, CAMS, which is like children, adolescents, mental health service in the UK that's with the NHS for those in America who have private hospitals we have the NHS thank you Jesus um is so oversubscribed I mean we're talking unless your child is suicidal they're not going to get any psychiatric help um percentage wise the demand has gone up since Covid up by 135 percent in terms of referrals so how do you envisage the next few years, Luke, in terms of education, mental health, people needing extra help but can't access it. As in what do I see what's going to happen? As in what do you think? Yeah, whatever. How does that, how do you feel as a um, life speaker and somebody that can help in these situations? What's that going to look like? It, what it looks like is stop playing the game. And what, what I mean by that is you're going to see a rise of a different sound. I believe this will be um, led by the church, um, but the world will also hear it. But the sound is basically going to be a, a rebellion about, how the world functions in one uh-huh. sense and what i mean by that is and we already see it we're already seeing it where the likes where people are starting to question the education system even working very closely with the people within the education system the head teachers the teachers the ones that are most passionate about helping the next generation yeah. they're all saying the same things the system isn't right the system's not working the system's outdated uh-huh. um there's a mental health crisis there's nothing we don't feel like we can do anything about it because at the end of the day we're governed by Ofsted we're governed by the government in one sense Mm. um so you can see the frustration there um but then even in the world you can see a rise of 
um, righteousness arise of wanting to see a change and purpose in the world. So you can yeah. see that there's a generation that wants to make a massive impact in the world. That looks like whether it's changing the climate crisis, whether that's looking at if companies are ethical or set up in a way that's actually quote unquote humane in one sense so yeah. there is definitely a, a great sense where there is an arising mm. of what I believe prophetic and apostolic voices yeah. that are basically just going to pioneer and challenge the status quo and this isn't anything new that's ever happened and mm. um, these are just what we call pioneers of the faith these are people that go out into the world and make a massive difference to the systems or whatever's going on and we know some of the most amazing um names of them um martin luther king being one of them where he said i have a dream and his dream was that one day that people would not judge another person by the color of their skin and he was a pioneer of, mm. of god's will for the earth at that time yeah i just believe we're gonna see the same thing happen um in the education system and we're going to see the same thing happen um, in the earth right now and it's going to inspire a generation to to live differently that's what i personally believe oh that sounds so exciting yeah it, no, is, exciting. it is so exciting i mean that's kind of i mean the reason i do what i'm doing what i do is because because i've got three children they're all teenagers now and one of my children super smart bright kid I mean he's at university now um they've all been brilliant and one of them really struggled with the education system they couldn't the education system couldn't handle their amazingness basically and he really, and I had to pull them out you know and homeschool for three years because he was so crushed by the way he was being taught and um it took six months for me to get them to put pen to paper again because of the trauma and that's how and that, the reason how I did that was going through just letting them play create and that's when I started to realize creativity is so important to learning and healing and that's when I started to really look into it and plus my own mental health as well yeah. and I was really struggling and, and I just found how the arts really helped and and I started to investigate the education system quite, um, what's the word? I've lost my words now, but a lot. I started to investigate yeah, a yeah. lot. And I realised children by the age of two, not two, by year two, lose that freedom to express themselves because of the SATs. And I learned that through my business working within schools. They get the fear of making a mistake mm -hmm. because of the SATs. They're trained for the test. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're starting to drop the sats in year two. I'm not too sure, but that would be good. Yeah, and anyway, but also they only get half an hour a week to be creative in key stage. Is it one and two? One, yeah, one and two, yeah. And how do children learn? They learn through playing and creating. That's, and research has shown that too much maths, too young, is actually damaging for their brain wow. and I think and that's why I'm studying doing what I'm doing now because I really like yourself we need radical reform in the education system and I was going to ask you use the word sound mm -hmm. and and I think that's a really interesting 
word that you use. And do you want to expand a little bit on that as to what you mean? Yeah. So when I say a new sound, I don't even think I'm the only one who's saying that. I think anyone who is who's listening to this, definitely if you are of faith, then there are people saying there's a new sound coming from heaven. Mm. And in, and a new a new sound is like a like a fresh wind it's like a it's a, it's a great awakening in one sense that's something it's a greater revelation it's a greater understanding of something so it, it's happened throughout history it's it's it gets to the point where society just changes and mm. what at one point and i think what's what you've got to understand is that god made the earth in all of its fullness mm. and then he said it's yours have dominion and we have never been given anything else mm-hmm. ever again. But look how much we've innovated and created and changed society. Yeah. So I'm a massive believer that the world is becoming a better place and not a worse place. Um, in terms of when we look at, well, you can look in the Bible, mm-hmm. things were seem to be a lot worse. You look back in centuries ago, how people were treated, how women were treated, children were treated, mm-hmm. like, we have definitely had these reformers or these people yeah. that God that God uses, mm. who are righteous, yeah. who are purpose driven, that are called by God to yeah. challenge the status quo and mm. change it, change it and pioneer a new thing. And that's the thing: a new sound is a new thing. It's a new expression of something expression, that. Yeah. It's a new expression of something that exists. So. The, there is a need for education in the world. That is true. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. But, so I'm not saying, oh, yeah, school shouldn't exist because it definitely should because yeah. education is important. But there needs to be a new sound or a new expression of what what the next generation truly need to be educated on. So I say this in my talks, say this to head teachers, is yeah. that we're setting up our kids to fail right now. And Absolutely. the reason being is because you are going to need to create individuals that are either um, free thinkers, mm-hmm. creative, and innovative. If you, can, if you do not have the ability to be creative or mm. do not have the ability to innovate something, mm. then you are going to fail in the next 10 years. Reason being is because technology is advancing so quickly so any of these jobs in which the education yeah. system was originally set up for, which is more the industrial age, exactly, is yeah. going to be taken over by uh, by technology, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing because I think yeah. technology advances us greatly and it, it's a lot cheaper and, and production is greater, but it's realizing the purpose of humanity and the purpose of humanity has always been able to look at a tree and see a table, look at a tree and see a chair is to be able to see what's in the world and what can be created from within it that yes. can ultimately sustain us and bring prosperity and bring happiness and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That is the job of the human being. That is what I believe God has entrusted us to mm-hmm. do. So until we do that, yes. then it, we are going to be in a little bit of a rut. And what that looks like right now is I know a lot of people that are pulling their kids out of school yeah um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing no. but I think what would be better in the long term is that we have these individuals that decide that they're going to create these new schools 
that are going to create these new fresh expressions of education system um and they will find a way to do it and it will be something that's creative and innovative and yeah. and it's a dream of mine to to do an expression of that in my own way so yeah i think that's ultimately what's going to happen that's what needs to happen it's just a waking up that needs to happen and also a you just you lose faith in the system so the pandemic's done that that i think the pandemic has allowed us an opportunity to question what it is that we have faith in and mm. when we've seen the world crumble at our feet yeah. we then go okay maybe we shouldn't have so much faith in this current system maybe having or being an employee isn't as secure as i thought it was going to be because i thought that was the most secure thing i ever had until this happened and then it wasn't so it i think the pandemic has got us to a point where we've stopped and gone hang on a minute let's reassess everything yes and now the world is waiting for these new voices to start saying this is the way that we're going to go and people will go behind that and we'll realize who them individuals are and we'll just see what we've seen for generations really yeah oh well i love your confidence luke that's really inspiring and and you know cuz i've been on that similar journey but it's been really hard work cuz a lot of people are very stuck in that mindset of grades and functionality and the system and it really is but i do think it's great to hear your voice and i think cuz you're younger than me significantly <laughs> it's great to, you know because you're like you're that fresh voice coming through you know yeah. that, and that and I think you're sort of representing this generation coming forward which is phenomenal um mm. we definitely need that and I love the idea around you thinking innovatively around not scrapping education because we definitely need education 100% that's an absolute privilege and necessity for us to have that because knowledge is power and but it is it's about how do we help people become their true selves their authentic selves and that's but, the, but, at the, but at the core of that that is just the mission of the church so the mission of the church is to make disciples yeah. So making disciples isn't about making Christians. Making disciples is about equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah. What the world is, is the world is a shadow of the kingdom of God. So yeah. what the kingdom of God is meant to be people working, but for God's purpose and God's will on earth. Yeah. And that looks like righteousness and that looks like peace and that looks like joy mm -hmm. and that looks like people expressing themselves and using their gifts and talents and everyone doing them and that's how the ecosystem works. So the ecosystem works in the sense of when, and you see it best in nature, is when everyone is just doing the purpose in which they were created in, mm. it all it all feeds the ecosystem. Yeah. Humans don't do that. Humans don't follow God's ecosystem. They don't follow God's kingdom. So when they would do that, what would happen is that everyone was empowered and inspired and understood yeah. what it is that God had created them for. They would realize that, or everyone's needs would be met yes and um, in that system but right now this system is broken because it's about your purpose your dream your greed your wealth what you want so people aren't serving each other people mm. are hoarding everything yeah and that's why everything's breaking down that's why people are miserable that's why i believe in oh, that health crisis so yeah. that's ultimately the problem i believe
I think so. And I think I think you really touched on a great point there. It's not the education system to no. do this. And, then, and thank you for correcting me. It is the church. Now, that brings me on to another bit. So how do you think, because this is me as a creative, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've grown up in the church. I've seen the whole kit and caboodle. I married a Pentecostal. I came from a very conservative church. I'm probably more charismatic than him now. Uh, you know, so I've, <laughs> I've gone from 180 degrees in terms of, you know, transformation spiritually. So, but I would say there needs to be a shift in the church because... I don't, I do think the church is culturally influenced by the world at the moment in some ways, rather than it being the other way. I'm, I'm talking, I am generalising. I know there's a lot of phenomenal churches out there that are bringing radical change to the community. My experience is being quite frustrating in terms of helping people to understand you are creative and even bringing art into the church it's really hard it's not something that's sort of encouraged it's not like being a prophetic artist or people don't really understand what that is and I think that's how we should be starting communicating through all the arts through all not just music you know it's got to be an encompassment of everything because not everyone's a musician mm. you know not everyone's a writer there's a lot of different ways we can sort of express ourselves and I just really do think we need reform in the church mm -hmm. to have creative leaders that bring this mission forward so like we can take it to the world and be an example and an inspiration so I don't know what's your thoughts on that oh yeah the church needs to to wake up um and this is what and unfortunately it, the, not every church will um I believe that it's always been like that. G um, God sent Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Mm. I think that's a prophetic um, vision and where we're at. Um, God will send these apostolic and prophetic voices into the world mm. and say, follow this way of life. Follow this is the way, this is your purpose. This is what life's about. Um, and some people will never fully step into that promised land because they will want to go back to quote unquote Egypt. They want to go back to being comfortable, want to go back to, to normality, want to go back to just working a job and having a paycheck and have building a house and a retirement fund and where God doesn't necessarily want that. He wants to bring purpose and provision and, and oh. a life on mission. And that's what it looked like in the world. In the church, it's it's happening exactly the same thing as you're going to see an uprising of, the, of these um, apostolic and prophetic voices, which God always sends into the church. So the, they are the, the reformers. They're the ones that bring the fresh wind from heaven. Mm. Um, and they say, this is the way that we're going. And the same thing will happen. You will have individuals that say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to let go of the platform. I don't mm. want to let go of just Sunday church. I don't want to repurpose my life in this way. I'm comfortable. I like going to church on a Sunday. I like just singing and then going back to the world and, and doing things in the world. And um, God, I believe, doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to be in the world, but not be of the world. Yeah. And what that looks like is to 
be disciples of the nations. He asks us to disciple the nations. What does that look like? To disciple the nations basically be, it means to basically be an example, a living example of what it looks like to be in the world governed mm. by God's kingdom. And that looks individual for everybody. This isn't yeah. about pastors being on platforms or no. preaching on a Sunday or reading the Bible. Yeah, preach it, Luke. It, yeah, it's, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not any about these things. What it's about is about individuals bringing their gifts into the world, but mm. doing it being governed not by the world system, but being governed by God. Yeah. And they will attract other people around them who they're meant to serve who they're meant to disciple who they're meant to encourage and it's just a whole repurposing of life in general but the church needs to get out of the four walls and get back into the world and become the heartbeat of the world again that's yeah. ultimately what i believe is going to happen um some people will follow some people won't do if they don't they'll miss it um, and that's the truth, personally. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you know, I, th I love your certainty and your hope. Um, I think it is a battle that we're facing um, as well. But I do think we are going to win. Uh, oh, yeah. God, God's already spoken it. So when God speaks, it happens, right? So God has already spoke this new sound. And you you're somebody that's hearing god so you hear what he's saying because you you're in the model you're in the current wineskin of church and you go in this isn't right and the reason why it's not right is because god has spoken you've heard what he said yeah. and you're looking at it and going no no no, this we're not meant fit. to be this yeah. doesn't fit what it is that i have within me this isn't the wineskin yeah, for, the the for the new wine that has been poured out upon the church so what, what what we need is either individuals to say, we're going to go this way, but I do not believe it's going to be like we've done it before. So I do not believe that it's going to be about pastors planting new churches. That's what it's always been. It won't be. So what the church are doing is they are awaiting for these new reformed churches <laughs> or new expressions of church that yeah. is going to fit something. Well, God isn't doing that. God is empowering the saints to go and do the work themselves and live that life. So you will not feel like you fit in the church anymore because God doesn't want you to be in the church. He wants you to be his church in the world. So yeah. that just looks like being a community of believers again, eating together, praying together, yes. reading the Bible together. But it's not a church thing. It's a lifestyle thing. And then yes. going into the world and being the heartbeat and the love and God's expression and God's um, ambassadors yeah. in the world. It isn't about just meeting on Sunday and listening to the worship band and listening to your pastor feed you when ultimately you're past that. I think it's in the book of Hebrews that talks about when Paul's frustrated with the church because he's like, you shouldn't be drinking milk anymore. You should be eating solid food most of you should be teachers and that was his point like most of you have been in the church long enough you've been discipled you know the gospel you know the point you know Jesus is Lord you know how to read your bible like just go and do 
and be who yeah. God's created you to be. Um, but I don't believe that the wrestle will be that church leaders, if they do not submit to God's will, then they will basically be taken down from the platform. I do believe that. And I think, oh, yeah, God will just, yeah, because you can stand on the platform and say that God's called you there. But if God hasn't placed you on that platform, he'll take you off it very, very quickly. And that will look like a leader standing on a platform that either falls Mm. and falls and we've seen church leaders falling at the the heartbeat and it's sad Mm. and you will also see church leaders up there who will be getting burnt out and and are kind of in a rut and don't feel that they can carry it anymore because god hasn't released the grace to be able to do it Mm. so i believe that i think if church leaders truly say okay yeah i want to be a part of the new then what that looks like is you're going to have to equip your saints to go and live a purpose-driven life and you need to stop trying to bring them to your church and you need to start just letting them go and live their lives and be somebody in their life that they can go to, listen to, be taught by, empowered by, Mm. equipped by, but that does not look like everyone gathering at the same time to do one message that looks like more personal discipleship and smaller scale because that that model you just described is very much based on the education system isn't it having everybody sat that's what i'm saying that the world has influenced the church yes and we're not influencing the world enough and i think and i was talking to a good friend of mine who's an artist and he talks about this puzzle and he just says, I don't fit in that my jigsaw piece doesn't fit into the church, which is like this big jigsaw puzzle. And I said, we just need to get rid of the puzzle because we just keep recreating new puzzles that people have to fit into. And I really remember you just saying about the wineskins as before we just kept getting this memory of me when I was in my late teens, early 20s, saying to the pastor of my very conservative church that word about how we need new wineskins because if we keep putting the new wine into old wineskins it just the wineskin disintegrates so we need new models and that's what I'm saying this new generation coming through is just not going to fit the system anymore but the the wine the wineskin is not what Moses did and this is the point so Moses created something in the world that was a shadow of what was in heaven when jesus came it was no longer that we would worship him in a tabernacle that is in the world it would be that we would be that dwelling place where he would reside and we would have that relationship in so i believe that god's bringing us to a place where he's like no you've built another tabernacle you've built a place of worship and you know it's a problem when a pandemic hits and your prime minister tells you you can no longer gather and shuts down the church. (laughs) That's a problem. That's when you know your model doesn't work. Mm. So I do not believe this new wineskin is a thing in the world. I believe the new wineskin is you. Yes, that's exactly the expression of we are the church and that's like about the church is oh we go to the vineyard or we go to soul survival we go to the local anglican but no when i say this to friends if i'm meeting with a friend that's church you know exactly exactly we've got a redefined church 
you know, yeah, redefine it. Yeah, yeah. redefine it. And then, yeah, that's amazing. Well, Luke, it's come to the end, really, of our <laughs> chat, which has been phenomenal. And that's the importance of being creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got anything that you'd like to say that inspires you? Is there a book you're reading, any music or a movie that you find particularly helpful at the moment? Um, do, 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 do. I think there is. I think everyone should read. Um, everyone should read this. So this is the Power of Vision by Dr. Miles Monroe. Okay. And if anybody doesn't know Miles Monroe, I would definitely um, say that you need to know this man. This man was before his time. Yeah. Um, I believe he's for this season. Um, okay. But he will give you a fresh revelation of the kingdom of God and what that means for you in your life and for you to be in the world, but not of the world. So I definitely think that's a great book. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say that you kind of need to do that. And I'd also just to say to everyone listening is trust, trust what you're hearing. Uh. Trust what you're hearing, trust what you're feeling. Make sure it marries up with the word make sure it marries up with what God is saying, but also trust what God is saying within you as well. Um, and it just needs more people to go, yeah, no, we're going to do it differently and just go and do it. So, exactly. Yeah. We all just need to start facing our fear and yeah. get over ourselves a little bit, yeah. get out of our comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. And like, yeah. and then we'll start to see results, I think. Exactly. But, all right, well, Luke, it's been wonderful talking to you. And Thank you. I'll be connect. Oh, yes, where can we connect with you, Luke? Um... Yeah, so if um, you can go to my website, which is just Luke Askew, that's A S K E W um, dot co dot UK. If you want to kind of work with me or kind of see what I'm doing, you can follow me on social as well. I think Instagram is my best place at the moment, which is just Luke Askew. So anything that I put on there will be all there for everybody brilliant fantastic well i'm really pleased to have met you luke and i hope oh, we stay in you. touch and i look yeah. forward to seeing your podcast with theophany yes it'd be um, amazing. all right now thank you very much bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening today to get all the resources and links that were mentioned in today's episode you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Luke. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Dave Ebert, and Rachel Oxborough. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer did our music. And Jake Dobrin's produces and edits the show.